welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Cool. You should never start a message with a confession, but I have one. Uh, I just need to make an excuse. I was in my husband's office earlier tonight just getting ready. And I found his secret stash of M&Ms. So I ate them, and now they're repeating on me. So I'm sitting there, and I can hear them going like this. And I thought, oh, man, I'm gonna, I can just see me going to say something and going, Bleh. So in case one does slip out, there you go. That's the reason. All right, and I will replace them for you later, honey. Okay. Awesome. Well, I get the privilege tonight of uh, continuing our mixed tape series. For those of you who are new on the journey, it's the series we are having when you're not having a series, based on the fact that when I was younger, and maybe some of you in this room were younger, we used to have this novel idea, it was called a cassette tape, and you used to, um, in the days of when we didn't worry about CCLI licenses and copyright, when the radio was playing, you used to record your favourite song, and then you would put uh, as many different songs as you wanted on your cassette player, and then you'd pop it in your uh, Walkman or in your car, and you just had various artists. And so this uh, mixtape series is literally that. It's just different messages by different preachers. And so we all have had the opportunity of sharing things that are close to your, our heart. And tonight it's my opportunity. And so tonight my opportunity and something that I feel is a now word, something that I feel resonates within me, it's in the heartbeat of what I enjoy speaking about, what I believe God is on. And I want to talk about marriage matters. Now, I know that we have a whole bunch of single people in the room tonight. Can I tell you that that's actually a good thing, all right? Because if you don't hear about marriage matters in the church, you're going to hear it from somewhere else. And I can guarantee you're not actually going to hear a well-balanced, godly point of view. So I'm going to ask you, please don't turn off if you are single tonight. Because I'm going to tell you something that I tell my kids all the time. And I would say to them, you know what? It's a lot easier to learn the lessons in life that you need at 11 and 13 than it is at 43. Because at 43, you have 30 years of bad habits. You've got 30 years of carnage that you can be causing in your life and in the lives of others. So at 11, 13, 18, 20, I mean, now it's getting even older, 30 people before they're getting married. If you can learn tonight some keys about marriage, then it's a good thing. All right? So you don't sit there and say, oh, well, I'm not married. It doesn't matter. I'm saying to you, If you hear it now, if you apply it now, because the tips that I'm going to share apply to all relationships, not just marriage, all right? So if you're single, please don't turn off, but listen up, because these things, I believe, are keys that are going to help you not only in your future marriage, but in your current and present day relationships. I also know that there are possibly people in this room who are divorced. And so what I share tonight, again, is not about rubbing your nose in it. It's not about trying to make you feel bad about that. What has happened has happened. I'm trusting that what is shared, that the lights go on and you realize, oh, that's maybe where I went wrong. Because our heart is that you could make the changes so you don't take 
what happened in the past into your present or into your future. All right, and I would, and I guarantee anyone here who's walked through divorce wouldn't want the pain and the issues and the struggles that they've gone through for someone else to go through. All right, so it's not about condemnation, it's not about making you feel bad, it's about equipping us so that we can make the changes necessary so we can go forward. And I also know that there's a third group of people who maybe are married, but it's not how you would wish it to be, that there's maybe strain or tension. And again, our heart is that you would be encouraged tonight, that you would take grace and that you would receive strength to just hang in there because I believe marriage matters. I am sick and tired of the bad press that marriage gets. I have to say I am an advocate for marriage. I love being married. I love the good bits And can I be completely honest, I love the low bits because it's the good bits and it's the low bits that have made me the person that I am today. I can't be the person I am today without both of those. So I just want to say that marriage is good, marriage is fun, and I'm sick and tired of the world telling us something different. I'm sick and tired of turning the television on. And if you do see some sort of sitcom or some sort of portrayal of marriage, you've either got the chauvinistic pig, and everybody thinks that's funny, or you've got the uh, extremely wound up, super controlling, nagging, nasty wife. And it just, it's just not a great picture of how marriage should be. And like I said to the young guys, you know what? It's, it's no wonder that there's such a fear of people getting married today. It's no wonder that the institution of marriage isn't held up as a, uh, something to aspire to. People look at what's portrayed and say, well, why bother? That's why our de facto relationships are on the rise and, and the necessity or the need we feel to get married doesn't matter. That's why things like the Marriage Act and the, you know, trying to change it and getting uh, equal marriage, that's why there's such a push on this because we haven't done a good job of showing what marriage is. And I'm here tonight to say that marriage matters. Um, what you have to understand and what you have to know is that the enemy hates marriage. John 10.10 says that... Oh, did I just say the right one? That's the devil. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The thief, which is termed for the devil, hates the institution of marriage. He hates you, and he hates the fact that you're married. He hates you and he hates the fact that you have a ideal or a desire or a want to be married. He hates marriage. He wants to kill it. He wants to steal marriages. He wants to destroy marriages. Don't, don't even question that, think about that or hesitate about it. He hates it with a passion. The reason he hates it is because marriage is a picture of the relationship between Jesus and his church. You see, sometimes it's hard for us to understand if we're trying to explain to people about our faith and our relationship with God. And so God has all these amazing uh, things in creation that point to what he is and who he is and how he does things. And marriage is a great picture. It's a picture of how he interacts. So we're supposed to look at the marriage and see how a husband and wife interact, to see how they work together, to see how they process things, to see how they get things done, and look at that and say, that's a picture of Jesus and the church. 
And so the devil hates it. So he'll do anything to destroy that because if he can destroy marriage and the institution of it, he destroys the picture that we have of the church. So we look at marriage and see that it's boring. We look at marriage and see that it doesn't work. We look at marriage and, and think all sorts of things and we then translate that onto having a personal relationship with Jesus. The devil hates marriage. The other reason he hates marriage is because marriage reminds him of what he's lost. When he said that I can be like God and he was cast out of God's presence, he, he lost relationship with God. And marriage is relationship. And so when the devil sees marriage working well, he hates it because it reminds him of what he's lost. All right? So that's why, to me, marriage is under such attack. He is going full bore, doing whatever he can to destroy marriage because by doing that, he hurts God and he hurts God's people. So marriage matters. And what I want to do tonight is just quickly share some keys about how we can make marriage matter for us. All right, does that sound like a good idea? Cool, all right. Recently, I spoke to our leaders about marriage. We uh, had a leaders' day uh, last Friday and uh, just spent time with our leaders, talked about all sorts of subjects, and we wanted to talk into the area of marriage because what you have to understand is you cannot have a good marriage and be in ministry. You have to have a great marriage and be in ministry for that exact same purpose that as, as much as the devil hates marriage, he'll do anything he can to pull marriage down. He'll do anything he can to stop God's people giving a display of what it is to be married. So we said to them, you know what, it's not good enough. And here's the thing. You might sit there and say, well, that's all right because I'm not in ministry. No, according to 2 Corinthians 6, every one of us is in ministry. The Bible says that we've been made competent ministers of the gospel, which means that all of us are in ministry. So that means all of us who are married, all of us who aspire to be married, need to have a, not a good marriage, but a great marriage. I didn't say a perfect marriage because as soon as we say, oh, well, are you talking perfect? I'm not talking perfection. I'm talking real. I'm talking about, you know what? I'm real with my struggles. I'm real with my victories. I'm real in my marriage. Yes, I'm not perfect. Well, how can I be? Because I'm still on this earth. I'm still part of the flesh nature. I'm, I'm trying to go from glory to glory. I'm not talking perfection. I'm talking reality in marriage. And so I want to share some keys tonight about how marriage matters. And in my 18 years, and I'm going to ask Tony if you just quickly come up here. In my 18 years of ministry, we've dealt with all sorts of marriage issues. But what I've learned is people usually do marriage in three ways. And I've asked my partner to come and help me. Here he is. Everyone give him a hand. <laughs> All right, just for a quick visual demonstration, will you turn your back to me? Three ways, you are asking for trouble. <laughs> turn around, do as you're told. Give me your arms like this. This is one way you see a lot of marriages. It's back to back, all right? It's not a good picture of marriage. In this instance, you find, pull against me, this is what happens. Pull, no, don't show them how strong I am. Show them how strong I got better. It's a picture that often people do marriage like this. All right, we're working against each other. It's outright blatant negativity. We're not working together. There's hostility. There's there's no friendship. <laughs> okay, got the point. All right. <laughs> this is outright 
we're just not having fun, not doing marriage well, not winning. All right, that's one picture. Okay, thank you. Another way of people often do marriage is like this, shoulder to shoulder. I asked for it, didn't I? Shoulder to shoulder. Basically, what we're doing, we're doing marriage together, right? And we, we, we have, there's a common task. So often, you think of parenting with kids. You know, have you ever had a little toddler? And it's like, you know what? Okay, they are not getting out of the room. We're, we're watching them. So it's shoulder to shoulder. We're working on kids. Or in business, you know, we get down, we're working. Ministry. God forbid, in ministry, we can get so to the point of we're shoulder to shoulder. It's about the common task. It's about let's get the job done. It's about let's do this. The sad thing is, often what happens is when our common task, which is sometimes our kids either grow up, move out, or grow to the age where they're no longer, we don't need to work so much on them, or business, we come, we retire, ministry, we retire, we, we suddenly realise, you know what? I've got a stranger next to me. I had all my focus on the task ahead, I've had all my focus on this. I don't know this person that I'm working with. Let me show you. This is a picture of what God has ordained for marriage. Oh. Okay, don't. This is... Okay, thank you. Help me, Jesus. This is face to face, all right? This is how... Can I... They say never work with children or animals. Get up. This is face to face. You move my mic. This is face to face. This is how God ordained to do marriage. There's intimacy, there's knowledge of one another, there's working together, there's face to face in doing it. And it is easier to do that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. In other words, that is a picture of how I believe God has asked us to do marriage. We are supposed to do marriage, here has this for a shock, as friends. The Bible clearly states that our first friend is our spouse. In Genesis 2.18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a suitable helper for him. Now, the literal translation of helper is, I will make someone who will be face-to-face and help them. He's talking about friendship. God is saying that, you know what, it's not good that you're alone. I'm going to make someone face-to-face for you to do life with so that we can do this together. All right. So, um, and I love this comment too. Often people say to us, you know, you know, I love them, but, and I'm like, you know what, don't love them, like them. I have to say, quite honestly, I love my husband, but I actually even like him. And we have to, that's what friendship is. It's not about I just love him. It's like, I like him. I like being with him. I like everything there is about him, even when he doesn't do the right thing up here. All right. Song of Solomon 5.16 says, um, this is my beloved, this is my friend. This is a picture of how God has intended marriage. It's lover and friend. And unfortunately, I believe that there's been a lot, there's almost a miss and a missing ingredient in marriages lately or whatever, and that's friendship. Friendship has gone missing in our marriages. 
Uh, A respected sociologist studying marriage said the determining factor in whether wives feel satisfied with the romance and passion in their marriage is, by 70%, the quality of the couple's friendship. For men, the determining factor is, by 70%, the quality of the couple's friendship. So, men and women come from the same planet after all. He continued by saying, happy marriages are based on deep friendship. By this I mean mutual respect for and enjoyment of each other's company. These couples tend to know each other intimately. They are well versed in each other's likes, dislikes, personality quirks, hopes and dreams. They have an abiding regard for each other and express the fondness not just in the big ways but in the little ways day in and day out. Friendship fuels the flames of romance because it offers the best protection against feeling adversarial towards your spouse. If you want to have a marriage that matters, then you need to be a friend to your spouse. And unfortunately, many of us make the mistake of just assuming that friendship is organic, that friendship just by some form of osmosis happens. But can I tell you, friendship does not just happen. Friendship has to be worked on. French mutual friendship requires a husband and wife to be willing to invest what it takes to be a good friend. Friendship is costly in everything, in time, in energy, in emotion, and in money. Mark Driscoll says, marriage often starts out as a journey between friends. It gets off course as friends become business partners trying to pay the bills, parents trying to raise the kids, caregivers trying to tend to ageing parents, cab drivers trying to shuttle family members to various events, event planners trying to pull off everything from holidays to birthday parties, and lovers trying to keep the flames of passion hot. Perhaps the key is to always be working on the friendship, because in the end, the rest of marriage seems to come together more easily and happily when you are working at it with your friend. So I want to spend the next couple of minutes of talking about some keys that can help us in to make our marriages matter by becoming friends with our spouse. And the first key is that we've got to talk about and deal with real issues. Someone once said that the road to the heart is the ear. And we've got to, if we're talking about having a marriage that matters, we've got to move from just talking surface level stuff to deep stuff. Now, I don't want to be, um, I can't think of the word when it's, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, we have this perception that it's the women who like to talk and then the men who don't. So I don't want to just make that common assumption. But you know what? If that is a reality in your relationship, it has to change. And it takes responsibility on both parties to make the changes there. Yes, we need to talk about surface level stuff. We need to talk about, okay, what's our routine like? What's the diary like? Uh, Where are we doing this? Who's doing that? Where are we getting the kids here? What's happening there? What's happening with work? Don't forget this date. Yeah, we need that sort of stuff. But that cannot be the basis of our marriage if we're talking about having a marriage that matters. To have the face-to-face, it has to be the deep issues of life. It has to be the intimate part of me and the intimate part of Tony connecting. It has to be that terms of this is who I am. This is See, when we share facts, 
It's just facts. All we share thoughts and feelings, beliefs. But intimacy comes when we're talking feelings and this is who I am and this is what I do and this, um, this is what makes me tick and these are the things that um, inspire me and these are the things that scare me and these are the, it's the intimacy that's needed to get face to face. And that's only going to come when we start do, talking and dealing with real issues. Yes, those things are important. So yes, you know, our planner and what we're doing, important. Yes, it helps keep the ship sailing. It helps keep the car moving. It keeps things on track. But it's not going to keep our marriage on track if we just leave it at a surface level. It comes to that part of, you know what? I need to know Tony and Tony needs to know me. And on an intimate level where he doesn't sometimes have to say things, I just know because how do I know? Not because 20 years together, I know people who've spent 20 years together and still don't know each other because they haven't got this. They've got this working, and sometimes they've got the back-to-back working, but they haven't had the face-to-face. They don't, it's not the time. It's the ability to go to a deeper level. It's the ability to deal with real issues. C.S. Lewis says this, Eros love has naked bodies, but friendship has naked personalities. We've got to get to that place where I'm not trying to be something. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm just trying to say, here I am. This is me. Let's, get, let's move on from here. So things like you need to talk about, what are your dreams? What are your fears? What's your struggles? Where's the breakthroughs? How about conversations like, how can I help you in that We've talked about it. I know that this is what you want to do. How can I help you in that? How are you going with that? Making opportunity to be able to see, say, okay, where is my part as your spouse or your partner? How can I help you in that? Is there anything I'm doing that is hindering that? Is there anything I can do that can help that? It's going to that next level. It's going to that intimacy. It's getting to the real, the real root issue. And can I say this? It should be on every subject. There should be no no no-go zones in your relationship. I've got an auntie who, when I was learning to drive, I'll never forget, it was a Christmas day, and uh, we had relatives on the other side of the city, and so we were driving there, and so my auntie let me drive her car. So she was the uh, licensed driver, I was the learner, had the L plates on, my mum and dad and the rest of the family were in their car, and we did this drive, and I did great all the way to old, to old Auntie Rose's house until it came to getting in the driveway. Seems I still have a problem with driveways. But, and what happened is I was turning into the driveway and my auntie, for some reason, thought I was going to hit the post and she yanked the steering wheel, which then meant the car hit the post. Now, it's me, it's my auntie, and it was the whole other family already parked there waiting for me to arrive to celebrate. my. So we've got all these witnesses. There's about 10 people who know my auntie yanked the steering wheel. But you know what? My auntie is to this day adamant she did not touch that steering wheel. Do you know that that conversation is a no-go zone in the Allen family? It's like you don't go there. So you, nobody brings up there. Remember the time Margaret grabbed and it's like, no, don't, don't, no. Pull out, pull out. Why don't you know? If you want to end a party quickly, let's bring up the steering wheel. It looks like we want to go home. <laughs> bring up the steering wheel incident. There should be no no-go zones in our relationship. We should be able to go and talk real issues on every subject. 
Everything from in terms of what works for you in the bedroom, what doesn't work for you in the bedroom, for what's your favourite food, what's your favourite colour, what's your favourite TV show, what you like, what you don't like. There should be no no no-go zones. We're talking about marriage matters. We're talking about we have to deal with root, root, real issues. And can I just remind you that it doesn't just happen. Again, like friendship, it's not through osmosis. I want to have good friendship, so I'll just wait for them to happen. No, it takes effort. It takes working. You need to make a time and a place for you and your partner to talk about these real issues. You would have heard Tony say that in our house, one of the time and places for us is every morning on the treadmill. Tony on the treadmill, I'm on the elliptical, 40 minutes. It's our time and place where we can talk about anything and everything. It can be from, hey, what do you think about the voice last night and this girl and that guy and what they did? And it's obviously Tony's off his delta this and delta that and delta this. <laughs> down to, down, you know, down to how are you going with that? Last time we talked, you said you were struggling with this. How's that going? How am I going? What's, it's, there has to be a time and a place. It takes you to prioritize that. It does not happen. You prioritize it. You're going to have to initiate it. And you're going to have to diarize it and make sure that this is what we do and this is how we do it. And can I say this? I'm talking a... Um, what's the word? I'm losing my words today. I'm, I'm talking... It's a... Um, I said it the other day. Doesn't matter, it's gone. It's a method. I'm talking about not the method, but the principle. So in other words, what I said to someone was, you know what? You hate running. You hate exercise. Don't go and get a treadmill and an elliptical and then try and do it with your husband when you actually hate that. It works for us. I'm talking about the principle of doing it. So for you who love long walks and, or bird watching, go bird watching Make that your time and place because that works for you. It's not the method, it's the principle, all right? So you have to deal with real issues. Secondly, you need to have real people in your world. The problem is we've got a misunderstanding of the word friends. I said to our leaders, I'd hate the fact that Facebook has this thing called friends. Can I let you in on a little secret? They're not all your friends. And we've so warped the word friend That's why I said when we talk about what true friendship is, and that's why we're talking about marriage matters and true friendship in marriage, people go, well, I've got that. It's like, no, true friendship. Mark Driscoll says that we should be friendly to all, but friend to a few. And so I'm not talking Facebook friend type. I'm talking who are the trusted, real friends in your life who you allow to speak to you, who you allow to say, actually, I've been watching and I'm concerned about that. Who allow and say, you know what, this, this concerns me. Or who encourage you, who blow wind in your sails and say, when you do that, I love it. It's great. It's such a good uh, encouragement to me. Who are the friends in your life? You heard Tony mentioned this morning about recently we had Pete Howard Brown in our home. And just afterwards, having opportunity for him to stay with us. He's a minister. He's a friend of ours. We've known him for years. To so be able to say, okay, Pete, what have you seen? How are we going? What's happening? And then here's the key. You zip it and you open your ears and you're just like, okay, talk to me. Okay, this, this, this and this. And just, okay, I'm not going to butt in because how much different is it when you go, hey, tell me how you think I'm going because, of course, this is what I think and blah, 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 blah. And you tell them, who then is going to say, well, actually, I saw something different from you? It's like, no, you just ask and then you wait. It's like, okay, it's a a position of humility that says, you know what, I want to learn. 
I want to know, is there something happening? Because like Tony said, blind spots are blind spots. You can't see them. You don't know. We're not aware. But just because I can't see or don't know that the woman is behind me, I will know when I back into her. So she doesn't change the fact that she's not there. She says, I didn't know she was there. And there are things in our lives and things in our marriage that we not know they're there, but we need real people who are going to come along and say, actually, when you do that, that's not helpful. Just this week, I was having coffee with someone and they said to me, and this is how we have to do it. She just said to me, you know what? My husband said, I don't respect him. And then she said, do you see that in my life? It's such an open invitation then. Because I can say, actually, you know what? No, I don't see blah, blah, blah. Or actually, you know what, based, since you brought that up, here's an incident. Help you. It's so much easier. She's asking. She's adopted their position of humility saying, this has been brought to my attention. I can't see it, but you're a friend of mine. You know us both. You interact with me. You tell me. And then she sat there and listened. It's great. Real people in your world. We're talking about marriage matters. Thirdly, Real time. There has to be, like I said, a time and a place, but the time and the place has to be face to face. We're talking about keeping friendship in our marriage. We're talking about our marriage mattering. Then it has to be face to face. Can I tell you this? The movies is not a good option. Now, movies are cool. I enjoy going to the movies. I enjoy going with Tony. and we, I like all the action. We went and saw The Avengers this week. It's a great movie. Loved it. Okay, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in for the youth. Just get you back on track. But we don't do face-to-face at the movies. We've done face-to-face before, and then from a position of face-to-face, we can go to the movies. And it's unhealthy when we have this, well, we're spending time together, but we're not actually spending time together. We're talking about real time. I'm talking about, you know what? Maybe go out to a restaurant, sit opposite each other at a table, and then chat over dinner or go and have coffee you say I can't afford it go have coffee we're talking face to face go sit by the lake go walk along the river torrents whatever it is for you but make time for face to face not in front of the television it's like I don't know a problem with my wife I spend hours with her sitting by the TV she's like I'll tell you the problem there's no face to face plenty of shoulder to shoulder she wants face to face or honey he wants face to face so turn off the technology don't give this face-to-face, but I've got Facebook under the table or whatever, Twitter or whatever else is under there, or games or what, I don't know, whatever else they do. Xbox, but that's not under the table. You know what? It is true, the saying about it's quality time, not quantity time. I know lots of people who spend maybe more time together than possibly Tony and I might do, but they don't know each other, the intimacy that Tony and I do. Because at time, it's, it's not the time. It's the face-to-face. And we need to make real time where we can have real face-to-face. And we've had to learn the art of that, especially because of the nature of our job and because our, it can be interrupted. And when we travel and we've got kids, we've had to learn the nature of face-to-face, face-to-face with our kids. So they might be getting seemingly less time, but they're getting quality time. They feel they've been met with. They feel that they've had intimacy. They feel that they've got that naked personality. Then they know, and it might be short in terms of measurement of time, but it's been deep in, time, in terms of time met. And so we're talking about how does we have marriages that matter? It's about having real quality time. Never underestimate 
the, what um, I've heard called the ministry of presence. Just the fact your presence. Like I said, we need to love our spouses, but not just love them, like them. I actually like being with Tony. I, can, I spent years watching him windsurf. It wasn't about the windsurfing. It was about just being with Tony. I've watched him... Um, what other things were you into? <laughs> I can't remember. But the same with me. You know, he would ride and watch me play netball. He didn't care about watching netball. He was just, it was with me. And there's been plenty of times when I've travelled with Tony. I've been overseas. I've been interstate. And on the surface, you can look at it and go, well, she didn't preach. In fact, she didn't. Sometimes I've never made it out of the hotel room. Not for, I actually thought about that. <laughs> well, yeah, that too, but... But it's been more a ministry of presence. It's been more a ministry of, you know what, it's that face-to-face. I'm not going because I'm going to be working. And can I be honest, sometimes it's easier not to go because you've got to organise the kids, you've got to, and we weigh each one up. But there's been times purely when I have gone for the ministry of presence only. Not because I'm doing anything, not because, but because I'm doing a major thing, and that is face-to-face being with my husband. There's a ministry of presence we need to bring back into our marriages. If you want to have marri- a marriage that matters, you need to have real time. And can I just finish with this? Real fun. Don't lose your sense of humour or adventure just because you got married. I get it that we have a job to do. I get it that when I got married, my workload increased. I'm now looking after two people, not just me. I have to consider someone else's point of view. I have to start, uh, I have to do washing, not just mine, but theirs. Then you bring family into it, it's more and more. I get it that the work increases. But just because the work increases, I shouldn't lose my joy. I should be able to do it and do it in joy. We have to fight to keep the fun in your marriage. The best advert for marriages is marriage. The worst adverts for marriage is marriage. You just, you know what? Have you ever stopped to consider that some of the dilemma that some of our young people face and their fears of wanting to go or not wanting to be married and they don't want that, have you ever stopped to consider it's your fault? I have. I stopped to think, man, are there things that I'm doing that tell the next generation that marriage sucks? That marriage is hard. That marriage, that, that's why I hate those TV shows, when they just slander marriage, that they make it look like you lose all fun, all joy, that you become a dweeb, that you, it's not fun anymore, that they don't have sex, and if they only have sex, they have babies, and they don't enjoy it, and they don't do this, and there's no joy in it, and it's a tragedy, and tragedy, and all the rest. I just think sometimes I can be the worst advert for marriage, and it shouldn't be that way. We should have the best marriages in the world and we should be screaming it from the rooftop so that the next generation are like, I I want that. But we're getting older and older and I know there's all these other factors, but you have to factor into the account. They're looking at those who have been before and said, I don't want that. And I want people looking at my marriage going, I don't know what it is, but that's what I want. So don't lose the fun. Have real fun. You know what? We love to show our kids that we have fun. I have to admit, I struggled with public affection when we first got married. I'm not a public affection type of person. But face-to-face conversation with my husband when he, when he explained to me that actually, you know what? We need to be an example. We need to be showing people. I've had to get loosey-goosey and just be a little bit more in public affection, holding hands, 
So we will kiss in front of our kids. I know it grosses them out, but it doesn't really gross them out. They'll go, ooh. <laughs> Why? Because I'm, I'm letting them know, you know what? I'm still attracted to your dad. I'm letting them know that you don't have to get old and then be looking for another model. I'm letting them know that this thing works, that it's worth. We do WrestleMania. Why? Just fun. That you don't have to get, oh, we're all grown up now and we don't wrestle anymore. No, I am the wicked wedgie woman. I can give a really good wedgie. A movie, we were watching a movie the other day and it's one of those with the dancing, you know, and so we're all getting up there. Now, I'm white. I cannot dance. I've got two left feet. But Bailey and I, I'm just... And then we're all getting into it. And then they just look and they go, okay, mum, that's enough. That's not marriage, it's fun. I don't want them to think that, yes, there are some low times, but there's low times in everything. It's like, come on, marriage is good. It is fun. It is worth it. Fight to keep the fun in your marriage. The musos can come up. That's cool. Tony can come back. Marriage is a gift. Marriage... Hey, I said you can come up. <laughs> Marriage can be, you're ignoring me, enjoyed, not endured. If you want your marriage to matter, keep real fun in it. If marriage is a picture of the, word, uh, the world of Jesus, or to the world of Jesus and his bride, the church, then I want to be a good picture. You know what? I want your marriage to be a good picture. I just I want people to look at our marriages and go, wow, I can't wait to get married. I can't wait to get married. And again, as I said just at the start, I know that there are all sorts of situations here and it's not about condemning. It's hopefully about, you know what, maybe that's where I went wrong. Maybe here's some changes I can make. I want you to hang in there. Marriage is worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not denying that there's some tough times. But the treasure of marriage, the gift of marriage far, far, far outweighs any of the downtimes and the negative times. And who knows, but for such a little twist, but for such a little adjustment, maybe your marriage can go to that next level. Maybe you've forgotten how to be a friend to your spouse. Maybe you've thought, you know what, we're doing side to side, but we have so let this face to face. Small adjustments. And as I give back to Tone, can I leave you with this quote? If you can't be a good example, you may just have to be a horrible warning. Thank you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.